This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Dawn was on a ghost hunt at a haunted LA Fitness. Where Brad was doing CrossFit all alone. <coughs> His squats opened a wormhole And that's what led them here To trap inside a magic studio The adventures of Bradley and Dawn Bradley and Dawn A Mike Ganger production the Adventures of Bradley and Dawn on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. And this morning, or this afternoon rather, Royal Drama. We have things going on because the coronation is happening soon. Uh, and there's all kinds of stories floating around out there about what's going on. King Charles and, um, you know, whether or not he wants him there, who wants him there, if he's invited, if he's not invited. What's the latest, Bradley? Okay, well, you know, I was checking into my royal sources earlier this morning, so I've got some updates for you if you're ready. Yeah. You can see I'm broadcasting live outside of my mushroom house. <laughs> I see that. I just that. want the audience to know that um, yeah. because of COVID, I am forced to be by my mushroom house. Yeah. No, I'm broadcasting from home, and I'm having fun with the background. So, because we're all in a video chat now. People are talking about um, King Charles pending coronation. But here's the deal, Don. Things are real petty. Like, we're petty, right, Don? Oh, my God. Mike's yeah. petty, too. I know oh, yeah. he pretends to not be petty, but he's totally petty. Um, <laughs> so I think about all these things like, what are they really talking about when it comes to Harry and Charles and William? But there was a story over at the Daily Beast. They literally have the direct connection to friends and, um, well, I shouldn't say family because I don't know who the sources are, but people directly connected to King Charles and William and Kate. Now, on the subject of Harry and, verse, well, let's say Harry versus Charles and his coronation, you are not going to believe what those close to King Charles are saying about Harry visiting. You know, the whole conversation for the audience has been like, will he or won't he? Is he going to go? Is he not going to go? Right, because they want to, you know, probably make King Charles look good by saying, I'm going to throw all of this aside and I want you there on this biggest moment of my life that I've been waiting to do for 70 years. I want my son to be there for my biggest day and no matter what, he's family. No, that's not what he's saying. Allegedly, now... I know it's tabloids, honey, but listen to this. This is literally a friend. This is how it's reported in the Daily Beast. A friend of the king's told the Daily Beast that King Charles, quote, 
simply won't have the time to sit down with Prince Harry for a private summit before the coronation. A summit. That's what I always called when I talked to my dad. It was a summit. <laughs> yeah, a exactly. summit. So he's basically well, not even going to talk to him for 10 minutes. He's that the schedule is that tight. Well, you know, Don, I mean, your man was a lovely or your man. Your your father was a lovely man. But yes. he was no king of England. <laughs> Kings of True. England have summits. This king of Ozark. No, you're absolutely right. This is trash, right? So yeah. literally a friend of Charles told the Daily Beast on Wednesday. Okay, so we're a day behind. But, you know, royal news travels slow. You got to do airmail and such. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the royal donkey has to deliver the mail. Quote, Charles adores Harry and wants him to be there. But he has a coronation to organize. He simply won't have the time to organize a special meeting with Harry. This is so sad <laughs> yes. and pathetic. If it's this is true, his dad's friend talking to the Daily Beast. Right. And I'm thinking it must be somebody who is, you know, a lord or lady or some type of person it's not going to be you know somebody from downstairs is what i'm saying if it's his friend no it's their royal people i mean we've talked about this in the in the it's context so of spare not... right that, that each royal has their team and their team is responsible for putting out these messages and you know the teams will talk to tabloids because it's the royal rota now the daily beast is not part of the royal rota obviously so these are literally if you believe that the daily beast when they say a friend of the king is reaching out that means people directly connected to the king of england are stopping what they're doing to make sure the public knows that charles doesn't have time for harry what the heck is that about and where it has to be coming from somebody who needs that type of rumor to go around. Like, it's not just like, oh, can we get you to talk? It's all. Well, it means all the king doctors. does. This is coming from someone who I'm sure the king is like, the point is, this is so petty. And I, I would believe if they're saying it's a friend of the king, that friend is not reaching out because they feel like the king has been aggrieved, but because the king is like, hey, could you tell the them I there. don't have time to talk to my son? Like, but, but, hello, knock, knock, King Charles. Are you kidding me right now? This makes you look like a complete ass. Right. I mean, it really does. I, I don't necessarily, that's why I thought it couldn't be coming from him. Like, it couldn't be coming from him on his side. Like, why? Because you that think he's above good. it? No, I just think that why when would has you he ever put done that anything that makes him look good? Do you Dawn? think that from their perspective, well, right, but from their perspective, he's trying to protect um, all the all the people that don't want him there. Which do you Tell think the public at large in England likes Prince Harry? And listen, well, I think they've made spare. a calculation. Yeah, yeah. I think they've made a calculation that, um, you know, they're out to protect their own image and they want to be seen as serving the coronation, which is an extension of the British public. So I imagine that's what it's about. But like, isn't that the mistake they always make? It's yes. about per they make decisions based on perception, right? Not and on what's actually right. Because if you like you and I do, and Mike, you too, make decisions for the most part based on or if if we're being our best selves yes. as human beings we make decisions based on what we think is right and then deal with the perception 
Also, we trust that people are willing to draw their own honest conclusions. So, like, I don't know. I think the British public would be better served if they had a father who was trying to do right by his son, not at the expense of the British public. Absolutely. But they, you know, as we know, Charles doesn't actually know how to, in many ways, like you said, he, it's just like, it's like Olivia Wilde. Okay. Like she's just, she does not have a sense of how she's perceived and she's very, she's not self-aware and neither is he because he's always trying to look good his whole life while doing bad things. You know, <laughs> he's he's like aware of his self as viewed through the lens of the British tabloid media. Right. Like that is his supreme. Like he is keenly aware. And so is William. And by the way, I want to get to William, too, because this is not just about the king yeah. talking directly to the Daily Beast. Prince William and Kate are also um they're also talking directly. Their friends uh, are, are speaking directly to Daily Beast. And I want to tell you about them, too, what they have to say vis-a-vis Harry. But um King Charles is always supremely aware of how he is being perceived in the media and that is the absolute problem. It is. He shouldn't be in charge of his own perception. That's what I think. Cuz don't has... perceive it and don't like you're they're going to feel the way they feel. I think overall in America, I think that we're more sympathetic especially since this book came out to Harry. So I'm just wondering if the British are as sympathetic. And well, and and I think there's a lot more sympathy in the United States. I think there are a lot of people here, too, who judge them like, you know, a.k.a. Stephanie Hansen on our show on Friday <laughs> when you were gone. Absolutely. Um, she she had some some strong feels. Uh, am I right, Mike? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> like Mike's eyes were just getting wider and wider. <laughs> I love it. That's what um, Stephanie Hansen is best at. She's great. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. Totally. But like, but I don't, but I think in the United States, the difference is people are like, uh, it's not really that big a deal. Like if you agree with them or you don't like them, great. But like (laughs) in the United Kingdom, there is a direct connection that the, the monarchy feels with the British public in a way that we just can't relate to. Anyway, can I tell you what William and Kate's people are saying of this whole Prince Harry thing? So the king, he doesn't have time, you guys. Also... Prince William has no intention of apologizing to Harry and Meghan because he believes he hasn't done anything wrong. And that's according to a friend of William and Kate's speaking directly to the Daily Beast. He hasn't done anything wrong. Why does he need an apology? Oh, yeah. I believe that that is actually true, that he doesn't believe he's done anything wrong. I believe that. Tell me why you believe that. Well, it's evident within the book Spare that there is a lot of jealousy going on and sibling rivalry for no reason. Mm. Like, dude, chill out. You're going to be king. Like, why are you so like, he doesn't want Harry to look better than him ever. And he gets jealous if Harry is celebrated in any way. That's been throughout their life since they were like, you know, 15. (laughs) And it came up many times in the book. So of course he's going to be indignant and, like I well, he's if they did listen, do you think that they read or listened to spare? Oh, absolutely. I think they did too. Because they're too worried about what could be out yes. there about them. So there yes. was a, there were again perception. They're worried about people's perception. They're not worried about doing the right thing by their family. Or repairing the damage. Because if you heard all of it and he listened and treated 
it like this is my brother opening his heart and I did these things from his perception. And so you I need to apologize. He he isn't seeing it that way. Like I've been a bad brother, which is the way I, I see it. You know, it's like you he goes into detail in ways that when you're having a fight with your sibling in person, they're not hearing you. And so he can think of his own side all he wants, but he really got to hear in detail how these things made him feel. So as a human being, wouldn't you be like, I have to apologize for this. Even if I don't think everything is wrong, if I want to know my brother on this earth during this time, and as we're human beings, I got to repair this. It's my job now. Absolutely. And also remember, what was his biggest concern after throwing Harry to the ground and breaking uh, or like um, hurting him on the dog bowl when Harry hit the dog bowl when they were fighting. What was his biggest concern? Williams. Um, His biggest concern was don't tell Megan. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Don't tell Megan about any of this. Right. It's perception. Not like I need to work on the thing inside of me that thought it was a good thing to, you know, beat I don't want to say beat the daylights. I don't want to oversell it, but get into a physical fight with the person who I am closest to up to, well, up to a certain point, right? It's been, you know, that's one of the closest relationships he's had in his life. Not, that's not his reaction. His reaction is, oh, don't tell Megan, which just tells you again about the level of maturity that we're dealing with or lack thereof, right? Oh, and I can understand in the environment they were in how they never were, really allowed to process their mother's death how they could be there could be arrested development Um, oh yeah and And harry has worked on himself exactly and that's what i kept trying to tell stephanie hansen on friday anyway i don't want to make this about her i also really quickly (laughs) we're talking about harry and megan is do you not feel like there's a shakespearean quality to all this and i guarantee somebody should write a play about this because think about this so um what was the thing that Prince Charles despised Diana for? Getting more attention. Yes, the public's adoration. Yeah, right? that he wasn't getting positive attention and everything was going to her. They loved her. And so that, therefore, they didn't love him as much. And the Shakespearean quality then is this, or I should say the tra- the tragedian, the tragedy nature of this is William resents about Harry (laughs) most. Okay, words are coming, but... All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Like, what does William re- resent most about Harry? That he's getting more positive attention. 
And it takes that, away like, attention from him. Literally, it is like, I mean, I don't want to overplay it, but when you're reading Spare and when we've been immersed in this story our entire lives, essentially, it just seems like William inherited what Charles, you know, oh, took on. yeah. And Harry inherited what his mother, like, it's just, it's, it blows the mind. If, if people wonder why we are obsessed with this story, um, you know, as not British people, like, this is why. Because to me, it's just utterly fascinating that the brother is just literally repeating the very thing his own father did to the mother. The mother who whose death ultimately affected their life. I don't know. It just blows my mind. They are all forever of the... changed. Yes. Something he yeah. says in the book a lot as well is he makes a point to let you know that he wants a relationship with William so desperately. Do they have their arguments? Yes. But I think we can all agree that Will or Harry was like, there are all, there's only one other person in this world who went through the exact same experience that I did that was traumatic, that shaped our lives in this way. And it's William. It's my brother. No one else can ever know what that's like. And so why aren't we bonding over this? Why aren't we yeah. close? It's, it's like a and, sadness that he carries. And despite what the media would have you believe because of their issues, mm. racism, xenophobia, this has nothing to do with Megan. Like that relationship between Harry and William, Megan was not the contention point. That was not the thing that drove them apart. No. She rather was not the thing, right? Like she was there, but she was there no more than Kate was there, no more than any other person in their life. And it wasn't, if anything, Megan was there to show Harry a healthy way to deal with your life and feelings. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I really just encourage people who maybe are having a reaction otherwise as they listen to us, read Spare, because I truly think that'll reframe or has the potential to reframe how you've been thinking about you know these people which you normally wouldn't think you'd have any thoughts about. No, I'm honestly, because <laughs> we have this bias, this unconscious bias, you know, that's going on and it'll melt your heart. It really will. I think it, a yeah. lot of those things will go away that you thought you thought. <laughs> <laughs> At least that, that think, did for that us, you think right? you think. Yeah. <laughs> what am I, the scarecrow? Um, and then the mirror is also reporting that um, Megan is livid because they want to paint her as the evil witch. Um, you know, that that he, she doesn't she's super insulted that Harry would even go and that he's considering yeah. it. But she is livid over it. That she wouldn't be but again, invited. Those, these these those are all people, lies. Those are just people that are out working for the king and everybody who's trying to be concerned with the perception for King Charles. And so make her all, look like the enemy. Yeah, always. Exactly. All right. We didn't Ooh. even get to the other story about Megan, but maybe I'll share that with you tomorrow or at another sure. point because there's this whole legal case with her sister. It's a hot mess express. But when we come back, if there are any other Hollywood hot mess expresses, Holly's going to have them in a dirt alert right here on My Talk 1071. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. She has the latest in the entertainment industry and celebrity gossip. It's Holly Roberts with our Dirt Alert. Hi, Holly. Oh, hello. Don and Lynn. Hi. 
Okay, big news this morning. Seacrest out at Live with Kelly and Ryan. He's going to be stepping down from his hosting duties on the daytime talk show. And Kelly Ripa's husband, Mark Consuelos, has been announced as his replacement. And we're getting some gossip concerning this decision this afternoon with sources over at Page Ooh, what's Six. The gossip? Yes. Well, sources tell Page Six that ABC knew that Ryan Seacrest would be out at Live with Kelly and Ryan as long ago as last summer. Yes, and that ABC executives had already approached Kelly Ripa's husband, Mark Consuelos, last summer about the role with the expectation that Ryan Seacrest was going to be leaving. Yeah. yeah, None of this is a surprise, right? It just seems kind of obvious. And have they ever... My only question was, have Mark and Kelly done the show together before? Many times. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, I will say that that is a boring and safe choice. Tell us why. Because if you're working with your husband that you already like, it's sort of an in inside baseball situation going on there. It's a built-in relationship, and that can come with ups and downs, and there's going to be a lot of times where they have to be fake, and he's not as funny as Steve. There you go. <laughs> I Just said put it, it out there, Don. Put it well, out there. I mean, come on. I need to talk. I need to talk to uh, Gelman over there and go, dude, what are you doing? Oh, my gosh. Well, considering the last time Kelly Ripple was looking for a replacement host, it took over a year. Right. So considering that, I'm sure there were just conversations like, look, yes, this is the easy and safe choice. This is an easy, safe and successful program. And we'd like to keep it that way. That's Yeah. True. And I'm sure Kelly's like, I, it's a known, you know, he's a known quantity and they have a rapport that has been on air, right? Like I know, and on their social media, that's the only way I've, I think we've talked about them on our show is like, you know, they clearly have a whole narrative on social media oh, yeah. that people are familiar with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know about working with your spouse. I don't know. It'd be hard. It would be Ian hard. and Marjorie, I don't know how they did it for years, but they did. Yeah. And Kelly and Mark are going to be going full-time sometime this spring. Now, the new season of American Idol debuts this weekend over on ABC. So Ryan Seacrest going to be busy doing that. And I don't know exactly how this transition is going to be happening. But clearly, you know, Marcus Suelos, known entity, I'm sure they have this path of succession all laid out over there on Live with Kelly and Mark. Ryan? Kelly and Whatever. Mark. Whatever. Hmm, that Ryan. just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Wow. <laughs> I won't Dog's mind looking bitter. at him. I'll say that. Well, see, that's the thing, Don, is that they at, probably asked folks, who do you not mind looking at? <laughs> yeah, that's, like... how you want, that's how you want to get a job. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you mind looking at him? No. Do you mind looking okay, at Mark great. Consuelos? Yeah, <laughs> it's just going to be just fine. Don't right. worry about it. Oh, my gosh. It is a big story, though. It was the first thing that I saw... Um, just right before the show, so right um, it, announced it, this morning. Yeah, you know, you know who's jealous would be Amy Robach and T.J. Holmes. <gasps> oh. They're probably going to be shopping around Ooh, a show just like this. That did not turn out well. No, but you know what did, Holly? What? This dirt alert. Yeah. Thing. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Have a wonderful afternoon. You can catch Holly on the morning show every morning here on My Talk. And when we come back, Mike's got blind items right here on My Talk 107.1. Hey, my talkers, Bradley here for my friends at Dakota Dental. Has it been a few years since you've gone to the dentist? Maybe you're afraid of getting shamed for not flossing daily. I get it. I've been there. 
Sometimes people are just plain scared of the unknown, especially when it comes to the dentist. Dental fears and phobia are real. But here's the thing, at Dakota Dental, you're not gonna have to worry about those things. Fears and phobias, if that's an issue, just call, and there are plenty of ways that they can ease those fears and phobias. And when it comes to judgment or shaming, that is not happening when you're sitting in the dentist chair at Dakota Dental. All you have to do, pick up the phone, make the appointment, and you'll be getting some of the best dental care in the Twin Cities. I know that because I'm a patient. I've been going there for years. So do what I do, make your appointment today, get that non-judgmental, no shame experience from Dakota Dental. Head to dakotadental.com today. And don't forget to tell them Bradley sent you. The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn on My Talk 1071 Everything Entertainment. So we've got all kinds of celebrity rumors and gossip that's, you know, veiled in secrecy, and that's where blind items comes into play. Here's Mike with blind items. Blinded by the item. Let's play. We'll start things off with this one. Now I have this is from our friend NT Lawyer over at CrazyDaysAndNights.net. I have never really looked at all his tattoos in the past, but apparently all he had to do for his most recent one was nothing because it was the one he did for his ex. Oh, oh is that God. Ben? Oh, because Ben and Jen got matching tattoos. So is That's this saying true. that it was already there? He. He never removed it, so he already had one. So basically, she got a tattoo. Ooh, ooh. Right? Well, yeah, we'll go through them here. According to NT Lawyer, <laughs> Ben Affleck didn't, uh, and if you have seen him with his shirt off, he's got a few, including this massive dragon on his back. Um, so he's got a lot of tattoos. And uh, I've been trying all morning since I read this blind item to find a tattoo or a shot of him without his shirt off in his, like, you know, rib cage underarm oh, area yeah. where he's got this tattoo. Oh. I can't find one to confirm what NT Lawyer is referring to. Probably but I, because they paid somebody to go through the Internet and remove <laughs> all those photos. Probably. But I will say, now, I'm not, Don, I know you're probably a little more familiar with uh, tattoos, but, like, as far as what they might look like and things when mm-hmm. people have them done, it seems like, just from my very amateur opinion when you see the two tattoos jen has the one she posted on social it's covered it looks very red it looks irritated it looks Mm -hmm. brand new the one they showed of ben's it looks like it's got a little age to it oh sure so i'm just saying this might might she got one to match his that he had a long time ago maybe he got a touch up or he should to make it look newer and the one that he has, of course, just has a uh, J and a B with two arrows and a little uh, you know, rope Justin tying Bieber? them together. Wait a minute. Oh. So, wait a minute. So, let me connect my yeah. own dots in my head as uh, the synapses are firing. Because remember, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. fully drugged at this moment. Yeah. Um, so, this is a tattoo he would have gotten for her the first time around that he never got removed? Right. Uh, no. NT Lawyer is referring. This is actually from Jennifer Gardner. NT lawyers. No, 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 no. NT lawyers claiming the J and the B was when he was with Jennifer Garner. Oh God, come on! And again, do you think Jennifer Lopez would put up with that? No, I doubt it. I don't know. You know, he'd be in my daughter's studio and she's turning it into a flower. If you do just do the Google search, though, you'll see two different pictures of the tattoo. Hers is obviously you know brand new, just on. It's got the covering and everything. His, like I said, looks to have been there for a bit. I guess now that I think about it, he wouldn't have a tattoo from his first time around with J-Lo because Jennifer Garner would have been like, no. His tattoos didn't exist. 
That's how long <laughs> yeah. ago it was. Yeah. Yeah. No. He's well, gotten a lot more tattoos. Did. After that phoenix on his back, which, by, no. by the way, he said was for a movie role. Because people saw him with his shirt off. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, it's for a movie I'm doing. And then th- that was not true. It never happened. He just got a really big, strange phoenix tattoo on his back. It was it was a you know emotional moment for yeah. him where he felt like he, he needed, needed to a lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do you got? What All else? All right, we'll move on to the next one. Blinded by the item. Uh, this one, let's uh, start things off here. Okay, here we go. Uh, it is so interesting to see the complete 180 from this A-list actor who starred on a show all about gossip and uh, his previous open swinger relationships to this now no more sex kind of guy because it's disrespectful. Oh. According to an old partner. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to. According to an old partner, he liked some adventurous things. I'll this, just leave it at that. This is Penn Badgley. Oh, yeah. It is. And the show You. Yep. And the previous show about, about gossip, of course. Gossip Girl. Yep. Fill in the blanks. Uh, according to NT lawyer Penn Badgley, uh, it's interesting that he's on this complete 180 when it comes to, you know, sexual relationships and scenes because I guess he, uh, according to a former partner, was uh, far more uh, adventurous and um, uh, naughty. Yeah, he say was the a word freak. Naughty. That's what they're saying. That's and what you used saying. to be a freak. Why are you doing this? Things change. I mean, weren't we all? Yeah, freaks in I was going to say. Yeah, and everybody else I know. So, you know, <laughs> all right. It happens. You're allowed to be a different person. That's correct. All uh, right. But anti lawyer knows all the ways. All the freaky ways. Well, you know, like whenever celebrities do, well, I don't even, it's not even freaky. Like, well, I, I guess I don't know what his definition of freaky is. My point is, Enti Lawyer just always has the freaky. On the scale of one receipts. to Army Hammer, yeah. is it three <laughs> or five? Oh, it's far less than that, yes. <laughs> right. Yes. All right. Yeah. You want to do another one? Of course I do. Blinded by the item. All right, how about this one? This one named North of the Border singer has a burner account that should be banned, but it never will because of who she knows. A one one name Canadian wonder. A Canadian uh, singer. Singer. Wonder. A one named North of the Border singer has a burner account that should be banned, but it will never be because of who she knows. Oh, okay. It's not Celine. Grimes? Because all the people that... So that was for Celine. This is for Grimes. Oh, Grimes! Yes, Grimes, because because she knows Elon Elon Musk. There you go. Man. Good one, Dawn. Okay. Has been crushing these blind items lately, but yes, uh, filling it in. Apparently, uh, Grimes has a uh, burner account, and of course, Elon's going through and trying to clean up Twitter a little bit from all of those bots but and all of the uh, burner accounts, but this one never will be because obviously they... You know, have yeah. a former relationship, have a baby together, or have a kid together at this point. So, uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. She has privileges. Yeah. Got it. According to NT Lucky Her. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you have any more for us? Of course I okay. do. I hope so. Uh, we'll go with this one. This A-list actress who caused us uh, so much really good drama this past summer is refusing to do any press for a movie. Uh, excuse me. Let me let me start from the beginning. This A-list actress who caused so much really good drama this past summer by refusing to do press for a movie still refuses to discuss it because that's how much she hates this actress slash director. Florence, Florence Pug and Olivia Wilde. 
Yeah. Why do you call her Florence Pug? Because it's like... cuter. It's, <laughs> it's cuter to say Florence Pug. Than Pew. Yeah, Pew is kind of like Pew, 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 or P-U. Stinky. All right, fill in the blanks. <laughs> Thanks for letting me go off about that. All right, you're good. Take your, take your time. It's like Tubby is cuter than Tubby. <laughs> Inside the mind of John. (laughs) Filling in the blanks here. Uh, Yes, uh, Florence Pugh is still uh, refusing to answer questions about the whole uh, Don't Worry Darling drama from this past summer. And uh, she's been doing some uh, interviews, talking with people, have some uh, new stuff coming up. So we've been hearing from her, but she will not discuss that movie just because of how much she can't stand Olivia Wilde to this day. I just want to honor... Florence Pugh because she got so much publicity out of something that she did not even involve herself in. And by that, I mean, she ended up just looking like a totally like she just came out looking great by doing nothing. But be herself. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, she just like was like, I'm not even going to acknowledge this stuff. And as a result, like she because Olivia Wilde essentially just kept digging and digging and digging and making it worse and worse and worse yes, for her. Yes, yes. And uh, Florence Pugh come out came out the other side looking and you know smelling like roses essentially. And so, some t- I just appreciate from celebrities the role of like I am going to be above this. You know, sometimes you can't, but like in this case, she totally could, and I think it paid off for her career. Absolutely, and I actually. Thank Shia LaBeouf in some ways for oh for sure making oh, he totally did her a solid he really did because um, Olivia Wilde just flat out lied about yeah. what she said to Florence about hiring Shia LaBeouf for Don't Worry Darling and his firing and in the public made herself look like a saint you know yeah. trying to say I am protecting my actresses and Shia LaBeouf's like wait a minute actually what you said to me was this and so that's and where the source. The Right, played the tape, yeah. And, so, and the irony of it is that this is what all happened around the movie. Uh, Don't worry, darling. If you actually watched the movie, Don't worry, darling, like I did, because you know I just have to. Somebody had to take the uh, bite the bolt there. Oh, really? um, that's exactly how the movie went. Where it was like, this is terrible, but Florence Pugh is amazing. So, oh. like, I came out of the movie thinking the exact yeah. same thing I came out of thinking of all this drama, oh, sure. where it was like, wow, this one person's standalone performance was good in what otherwise is just I mean, terrible. Oh, Okay. Think yeah. about so. all of the negative press that that movie slash Olivia Wilde slash Harry Styles slash um, uh, Chris Pine. Like, mm-hmm. remember all of these things Spit were Kate. happening. Yeah, there was Spitgate, that whole thing, right? And Florence Pugh's just over there smiling, wearing her pretty gown, you know, like on the red carpet. Like, I, I'm not going there with you all. And <laughs> literally just came out the other side smelling like roses. Yeah, and and saying like, okay, I'm moving on from this, essentially, which good yeah. for her, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Mike, thanks for those juicy blind You're items welcome. today. When we come back, here is something you don't see every day. A story about a celebrity who's actually doing good in the world. <laughs> You're going to find out how Tyler Perry is helping seniors in Atlanta because Dawn has that story when we return right here on My Talk 1071.
Pete, I love Livia. It's Don McLean for Livia Weight Control Centers. And if you join today, I just want to tell you right off the bat here, if you've been thinking about this, please do it now. Do not wait. You're going to get 50% off your personalized program when you mention me. You've been hearing me talk about this for a couple of years now and how successful uh, Livia was for me. And I want to share that with you because spring's right around the corner. And, you know, this is the time when we traditionally put on weight with all of these clothes on where nobody uh, you feel a little bit more secure so call 855-GO-LIVIA or visit Livia.com. Now my experience has been this with Livia they're super honest, you go in this is a private coaching session that you have with them, they lay out what plan that you will do and then you just watch the weight drop off, that's what happened for me, I lost 28 pounds uh, and I lost that uh, the first 10 in my first 8 weeks uh, so call them today. Like I said, 50% off your program. 855-GO-LIVIA. Nutrisource. Here's the Bradley and Dawn. My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Tyler Perry, huge entertainer. Um, you know and love huge. him. from. Uh, I mean, just like he has worked so hard in his life and then amassed a fortune that's hard to spend in your lifetime. So what does he do? He does generous things. He gives and, it away like you're supposed to. Right. So we all know that he has an unbelievable mansion. Um, you've probably seen it, an aerial view of it, uh, you know, across the Internet for years. Um, he housed Harry and Meghan during their uh, COVID crisis and not having any security. So he's a great guy. Now he's doing something even greater um, around his movie studios in Atlanta. The property taxes have jumped. It's like because the area, you know, has increased, the value of the land is increasing, and then it drives up your property taxes. Yeah. Like for yeah. no reason. And sometimes people are living in, you know, check to check, and a lot of elderly in the area are being, well, he's worried that they're going to be forced out of their homes. This is something that has been a problem. And so yeah, they can't pay their property taxes. They can't pay their property taxes. And so he is donating $750,000 this year to low income seniors in Atlanta so they don't get forced out of their homes. I love this story because truly it's one of those situations where any other celebrity or super wealthy successful person you'd you'd read the headline and it would be something like so-and-so is so successful, it's kicking out, you know, these low-income seniors from their homes, right? And then you'd be like, oh, that's terrible. How could you, you know, how could somebody do that? Like, they're not even thinking about all these people, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But then his response to that is, oh, God, let's do something for these people. And it's not even just like he's paying their property taxes for this year. Essentially, when I read through your story, Dawn, yeah. It sets these people up for like the next 20 years, so they're not going to have to worry about this. That is exactly right. He also in included paying all uh, back property taxes off for everybody who hadn't, like their old bills, essentially, yeah. and moving forward. And the money covers taxes imposed by city, county, uh, the county, and schools. Um, I I just totally love this story because you could see how so many other people would be like, you know what though? It's like he's create he's 
doing such good by renovating this part of town and bringing work back and jobs and all that stuff. It's just one of the unintended consequences. And that's just how the world is. And most people would just, you know, sort of look the other way. But I just love that he actually, I don't know, I probably am a little biased because that whole, the whole anecdote of him, and I know this sounds superficial, but it's not to me that he felt moved to help Harry and Meghan, not because like, they're rich people, he's rich, or, you know, right. one of a, a dozen other reasons that seem superficial. But, like, his his mom had this incredible experience with Princess Diana. And so when he saw that the son of Princess Diana was hurting, he was like, I can do something about that. And then he just did. Like, right. he didn't think about He just did it. And I just, I, I don't know, I just love him as a person because I think he obviously has the right instincts. He does. And his mother, um, the story is, is that Princess Diana, 25, 30 years ago, visited Harlem. And she thought that that was so kind of her. And from that day on, you know, was like, I I love this woman. And to think that the ripple of love, to be corny about it, of Diana has just rippled out over the years to where it just like being touched their lives again from yeah. beyond the grave yeah. is like, Oh God, it's just so again, wonderful. And exactly. And again, the world is just a wash with stories day in and day. Like you, you could imagine just reading the, the first half of this story and being like, and we would have talked about it and been like, Oh, that sucks. He should really do something about it. But here you have a person who's like, didn't need to be shamed into doing the right thing. Just did the right thing. I mean, it, it's just, it's nice to see that those stories can exist in the right. world that I wish more insanely rich people would would react this way. Right. And so he's thinking about the people that it's affecting now and taking care of them for the next 20 years. But this also says that he's going to donate about 500000 every year for the next four years. And it works out to more than 750000 but more like $2.75 million. Yeah. And which is, I'm sure, for him, a very small, you know, which I don't want to say small, but like the fact that he's being thoughtful about it, mm. sh this should just be an example for other people, because at the end of the day, it is it's a very thoughtful thing that may seem small to some people. But I, I imagine for those who are actually living in those uh, homes, this is life changing. Right. And supporting his community at the same time. It's just. Um, and it's also, he's just giving the money. He's not running it through his own foundation. It's going to be handled by Invest Atlanta Partnership. That's the nonprofit wing of Atlanta's Economic Development Authority. So he's well, like, here he's you go. Incredible, yeah, he's done incredible work in and around Atlanta, I think, for years. Right, right. Oh, he's a good person, that Tyler Perry. And he must be working on something now. I'm seeing him in this. Um, oh, I also wanted to talk about um, he is Forbes list of highest paid entertainers just yeah. came out and he is listed he like as number three. three. Yes. So um, ahead of him, Phil Collins is number one. And this you includes know why that is right. He sold his catalog mm -hmm. and touring. Yes. Did you know. OK, can I really quickly say I'm sorry. I finished what you were saying. And then I want to tell you a, like a fun fact about Phil Collins. Oh No, go ahead. It's the list. The second one is Sting. That's all I wanted to say in the top three. Did you know that Phil Collins was, like, obsessed with the Alamo? Oh, like the real Alamo, not Alamo Draft <laughs> no, House that I like to not Alamo Draft House. Oh, okay. Not like you're obsessed with Alamo Draft House, Don. <laughs> like, he, 
the actual Alamo. Oh, okay. And where'd um, you go? I went to plug in my <laughs> computer because it's about to crash, and I still don't crash. Not crash, but it's about to go dead. So I just off camera. I just needed to plug. <laughs> Plug back in. So like, he's she obsessed. Left. She's like, Alamo, great story. I'll be back. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, um, he he is obsessed with the Alamo and getting um, artifacts and pieces of Alamo history. Wow. Which is just like, you know, whenever you learn stuff about, I, I only learned that from Colleen because she was obsessed with Phil Collins. <laughs> and then we kind of would go back and forth and I would give like throw shade about her love of Phil Collins. Cause you remember that whole drama that, that they, he and his ex-wife had where she was like squatting oh. in his house with oh a my stripper God. living in his house and he couldn't kick her out for like, was it a year yeah. or something? Yeah. And like, she was saying that he was like a hoarder and trying and to, like, yeah, wearing a diaper or something like it was really, it was, na- it was nasty. It was mean stuff. And it's like, get out of there. Like, we're on Phil Collins' side on this one. We don't know you, woman. Yeah. Get out exactly. of there with your stripper boyfriend. <laughs> I'm sorry. I totally sidetracked us on, no. on Phil Collins. No, it's okay. I just think it's interesting that he's obsessed with the Alamo of all things. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, like Leonardo DiCaprio, Dinosaur Bones. Oh, sure. I don't know the connection. Speaking of uh, Dawn's obsession with Alma Drafthouse, that's where she (laughs) was last night. And she's going to tell us about what she saw. Uh, It's a movie that she thought was both hilarious and disturbing. Right, Dawn? Yes, that's true. We're going to find out if we need to go ahead and out and see it for ourselves when we come back. Right here on My Talk 1071.